have you tried to be more normal in the last, last two years? Welcome to Cafe Ribbit. In this episode, I asked people on the streets of Philadelphia, how have you tried to become more normal in the last two years? Originally, I intended the question to mean, how have you tried to fit into people's expectations in the last two years? And some people answered it like that, but some people answered it in regards to COVID. How have they tried to get back to normal life in the last two years? An important announcement for Cafe Ribbit is that it will be no more, but (laughs) just for the summer. I'm going on a backpacking trip, and I want to take a break from publishing things online. So you'll hear from me sometime in August or the early fall. I really appreciate everybody who's listened for the past year and a half and also have been part of the show. Thank you so much. So in the last two years, how have you tried to become more normal? I've tried to become more normal like a regular adult in society by signing up for a gym membership that lasted a whole day because I went to the gym and realized I hated it and that it just wasn't for me. Yeah. But I feel like it's very quintessential, like I'm a normal, functional human being if I'm going to the gym three times a week. It's not even like for a fitness goal. It's mainly just to feel like I'm doing life right. And I was not about it. And have you found a replacement? Yeah, honestly, going to the park Mm. and just walking around the park because it's exercise and you get fresh air and I feel like it's so much more therapeutic and cathartic and I feel very normal in that you kind of see the chaos that's going on around you Ah. and so it makes you feel more normal. I feel like the best ways to stay sane and normal is to be (laughs) around places that are chaotic because you realize (laughs) your internal world is actually not that bad. Uh Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, if you ever want to feel normal, take the subway in New York. Seriously. Seriously. So when you were in this gym for a day, did that feel chaotic? And you were like, everyone around me is crazy. Yeah, chaotic in not a good way, though. Like, chaotic in that, like, they're judging you because you're not... Like, they, I feel like people that do go to the gym regularly can look at you and be like, this person does not go to the gym. Uh-huh. And I saw, I feel like they looked at me and they were like, this person does not go to the gym often. So okay. you just feel judged. But, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're... <clears throat> hmm. You know, oddly enough, I think that I haven't. I think, if anything, I've sort of done the opposite because I think for most of my life I have tried to do that, to try to to fit in with what people want from me, what people's expectations, you know, and I think I've tried to sort of fit that mold to please people. And so I think I now make more of a conscious choice to say, okay, you know, I am who I am. And um, if it doesn't fit what other people want or expect from me, then I'm okay with that. But it took me a long time to get to that point in my life because I spent most of my life doing just that. 
So I think I actually don't do that now. <laughs> so this is a short answer. I'm happy to hear that. Um, which of those expectations felt so good to let go of? Well, I think one for me is there's this expectation that women are supposed to get married and have children. Um, I know my family never put pressure on me in that sense, but it's just something that you feel when you're with friends and all your friends are married and you, you feel like, well, maybe I should do that. Um, but for me, it's never been what I wanted. And I've always known that. I've known that since high school, that I never wanted to get married and have children. Um, so. It was sort of liberating to be like, okay, I don't have to worry about that now. You know, I don't have to, because you know, it's just it's it's a big thing to get married and to have children. It's a big commitment, and unless you're a hundred percent committed, even if you are, it's still really really tough. So, um, it's nice knowing that I can like just do what I want now. I just I do a lot of traveling and whatnot. So it's just giving me a lot more freedom for me personally. Yeah. And what helped you let go? Uh, of that expectation? Was it a person, something you heard? I don't think it was like one person or one thing. I think it's just sort of an accumulation of experiences throughout my life. Um, and I think just getting older, you know, as you get older and, and more mature, well, I don't know if I'd say more mature, but, <laughs> but as you get older and have more life experience, um, the things that seemed important um, aren't necessarily as important um, as you are, your priorities shift. And again, I think that's something that's, you know, when you're young, you don't have that life experience to look back on. And so you just sort of do what you're supposed to do. But then as you get older, you see kind of the big picture and what for you, what, what's going to work for you. And for me, that's just was never really in the cards. So, I, you know, why force it? You know, something that you don't want to do anyway. Um, I mean, I think I know people who, who have done that and have been very happy and it's been wonderful. And I think that's great. But it's not necessarily for everyone, and I think it's important to be you know, to respect that that you know people do have different choices, and and that that's there isn't a right or wrong way to do it. Well, I would say one thing is actually read, which maybe is the opposite of most people's normals, because you know most people probably going on TikTok, <laughs> TikTok more. <laughs> so I've actually been I've been trying to read to make my feel myself feel more normal, in the sense of the past, I guess. Um, also, my job I am traveling a lot, so I've actually I actually think that my life has in general always become less normal because as most people are traveling less, I'm still actually traveling a lot, and it feels very strange. Right. And can you tell people what you told me about your job? Oh, yes. Uh, so I'm a performer with the Bill T. Jones Arnie Zane Company, and I happen to be in Philly this week performing at the Mann Center yesterday and uh, today. Okay, and what gave you the idea to start reading more? And what did you choose to first start reading? Um, I actually restarted reading a lot of Michael Pollan books at the beginning of 2020. So there's a great one, um, Omnivore's Dilemma is great, that talks about our connection with the food system and American subsidized corn and beef, like all of these kinds of interesting things that are entwined with like the healthcare system and climate change. And uh, also another one of his book, um, How to Transform Your Life, it's about him going back and trying a bunch of psychedelic drugs and then also researching the history of the taboo um, behind a lot of the drugs like separately and then it kind of is woven into his personal narrative. 
Very good books. Yeah, Very wasn't good. one of his first trips on psilocybin, like, him dreaming of a string symphony or something? Yeah, yeah, um, and he talks about that in the book, and it's interesting, too, because some of the drugs that he's tried... Uh, well, I won't call them drugs, call them substances. A few of the substances that he's tried multiple times, he goes back and compares his experiences versus now versus, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Oh, when he was trying them as a kid. Yeah. Well, not as a kid, but <laughs> hopefully not. Um, and so did you first start want to read his books because you saw his Netflix shows or... Um, no, actually, you know, when I started reading his books, uh, a friend had recommended Omnivore's um, Dilemma, and then I saw the book about psychedelics, and I'm really interested in psychedelic clinical research for psychedelics. I think it's really incredible. Um, so I saw both those two books, and I really like his easy approach in terms of his writing style. It's very approachable mm -hmm. and accessible, but at the same time, giving the nerds what we want. Right. So, um, and what was it? What else? What else? Maybe? Well, now I have a, another question. Um, as someone who I guess sees the promise of psychedelic drugs, what about them? What about their benefits? Do you hope? Uh, wait, let me try again. So what about the benefits of psychedelic drugs would be great to become normal? Well, I think in general, when a lot of people think about psychedelic drugs, they think about large amounts and like people having uh, ego deaths and like the world is melting. Uh -huh. But um, a lot of the clinical research that's done on psychedelic substances is actually in much smaller doses and called like therapeutic doses. And in general, um, I think a great way to think about it is your brain is, is like a snowy hill. And as you grow older, you s sled down it. And the more you sled down it, your sled goes into the same tracks as before. And eventually over time, it becomes harder to not fall into those tracks because they have been used so much. So essentially what therapeutic doses of psychedelics do is put a fresh coat of snow over the hill, AKA your brain. Um, there's a great, a great uh, chart online. I think you can look it up, like brain connectivity on psychedelics or something where it has a graph showing um, the different points of your mind uh, that they've actually measured and put into this infograph um, connected. And the first picture is there's a bunch of really thick bands and then the next one just looks like a yarn ball with all of the connections talking to each other and new parts. It's very cool. That like those are new sled tracks. Exactly, yeah. The The research on, um, on psilocybin and LSD and actually low doses of MDMA and ketamine in... Um, terminally ill cancer patients is really, like, the research is incredible, so. The Cafe Ribbit Podcast and no persons on the Cafe Ribbit Podcast encourage or condone the abuse of legal or illegal substances. Uh, during the pandemic, I worked from home for almost two years, so a lot of, uh, and I was also in a relationship at the time, so a lot of it towards um, things slowly started to open, starting to open up again. I thought, like, how exactly am I happy, you know? I thought about my own happiness a lot, and whether or not I, I identified with what people thought was normal, you know? Because when you think of quote-unquote normal, 
uh, I think a lot of people um, define it as, you know, you have a stable job, you have a roof over your head, you have a stable relationship, and, like, you make money, and then, you know, one day you die. Like, <laughs> like, but, like, there was a part of me that was just, like, I'm so deeply unsatisfied with this. So I, to, I guess... I guess I didn't really become more normal. I became more of a person that I saw myself as. I became more of a person that I was proud of. Like I got back into a lot of my uh, old interests. Like I got back into drawing and art and got back a lot in into like the media that I like to consume and just- Which is? Uh, I'm a like anime, manga, uh, okay. things like that. Cause like if that was like a part of myself that I had been shutting down like kind of pushing away like working in the in an office because you're just like I don't, when you go into an office you don't really want to like show too much of yourself mm. you know because you're only wor really working with these people yeah so it's kind of just like getting more back in touch with myself and I feel like I've definitely become I guess more of a fuller person because of it mm. especially now that I'm like outside <laughs> Have you guys been friends for more than two years? No. <laughs> no. A uh, few weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I wanted to ask, have you noticed that she has become uh, a fuller person? But maybe I could just ask, has anyone in your life close to you noticed a change in your mood, for example? Yeah, they have. Like, I visited... Um, like, I talk to my grandmother every day. My grandmother lives alone. So she she will often say to me, you know, you've definitely, like, grown a lot. I can tell, like, just by hearing your voice that, like, you're a completely different person. And, like, even, like, my, like, my brother has said so. I've had various other close friends say so. People that... I just visited a friend that I hadn't seen since 2019. Uh -huh. And she's just like, you seem so much happier now than uh -huh. when like you know i last saw you so yeah i feel like it's definitely progress like this is my normal and that's what matters you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can i tell you my answer because it transitions from that pretty well sure so uh the way i've tried to become more normal in the last two years has been trying to find a way to be financially stable because mm -hmm. i graduated college two years ago but moved in to my parents right mm -hmm. after. Yeah. And so there's a pressure both inside myself and for my parents to make enough money to be on my own. And I'm an artist, so there aren't so many obvious ways to that. get on a track to make enough. Yeah, so I'm a I've, designer, so I can't. Oh, okay. And yeah, I've gone on many different forks in the road like mm -hmm. starting my own company for freelance illustration and video editing mm -hmm. and but I haven't committed to one of those forks mm -hmm. completely to go very far right. so I'm just sort of like tick, tick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I start I really like cooking mm -hmm. and um, I started working at a cheese shop recently nice. and the everyday interaction with customers and my coworkers was so needed after the pandemic that my mom says something similar to your grandma. Like, I just notice you're so much happier day to day. Yeah. Socialization, I think, is definitely another big thing of it because mm -hmm. I'm pretty introverted. Uh, like, I maybe made it six months into the pandemic 
working from home, living in total isolation because my roommate was in Harrisburg the whole time. Oh. So she wasn't even there. I wasn't I wasn't with the cat. So you're the cat. No, no, no. <laughs> no. He, he, just, he just knows the cat. I know the cat. Uh, he's, aware. Yeah. he's aware of the cat because the cat. I thought that was a point. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, uh. but yeah. And then maybe I think like in. So it started in like March, and then maybe I made it to like September, and then I was like, God, I'm really, really lonely. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there's definitely more. But I think after that, I definitely put in more of an effort to, like, reach out to friends and everything. But, yeah, because, like, once you, like, rediscover who you are, too, it makes it easier to socialize with people because now you know what you want to talk about. Mm. And, like, like you you start to uncover more bits of your personality. Like, like I've... Dis- like, I describe myself to him as, like, a Joker, kind of. Uh-huh. Not, like, Batman Joker, in which case I would uh, <laughs> lock myself up. But, like... Like, in terms of, like, being the comedian in a way. The jester. Yeah, the jester type. Very like, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious if either of you have an answer to this, because I feel like the process of self-discovery can also be elusive in a way, as if there is one version of yourself that you're trying to find. Um, so... Have either of you found that that process is futile in a way? Like, you're never really going to find that person because it exists in many different ways? I think I've kind of made my peace with that. Like, yeah. Can you start again? I've kind of made my peace with that because I've, I've kind of come to the conclusion that, like, there isn't one concrete person because people always change. Mm-hmm. Like, as our, our experience change, um, uh, our outlooks change, like, as our life changes how we respond to things is going to change. Like you yeah. might become more mature or in some cases, like you might have a really bad experience and you become more guarded. So right. the person that you really are is just a reflection of kind of what you've been through and what we go through every day always changes. Like none of us expected to go through a two year pandemic <laughs> yeah. and we are all like vastly different people now because of it. Uh-huh. All right, so this gentleman does not like my question, and he's going to explain why. It's real simple, because the scripture says, to each his gifts. Can you elaborate? Each person has unique gifts given to them by God, and a person that is aligned with their gifts is a sight to behold. Thank you for listening all the way through, and thank you interviewees for sharing your stories. The musical frog sound effects were by Jeff Sims and Michael Hudson Casanova. Have a wonderful summer. Viel Spaß!